Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. We worship you, Father. We glorify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Mashtigia da bostoi. Manja karia do 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 koria te bestigie. Mastoia da batoi ete pesikie. Manja da bakaye. And Father, we receive utterances. We receive words from heaven tonight we honor them we take them into our hearts and they shall direct and govern us and guide us and we thank you for the privilege of being in this place to to cooperate with you we give you thanks and praise and everybody said amen, amen. you can be seated tonight I I want to um, read a quote from E.W. Kenyon. He wrote, I am convinced that the intelligent children of God could walk in the same life and power and divine liberty as Jesus walked if they understood their privileges. Walk in the realm of life. I believe that God planned that we should walk in the fullness of divine life, that we should dare to take our positions as sons and daughters of God, and the hour is coming before the Lord's return in which a remnant of the body will rise and walk before God in the fullness of the new creation life. Disease will not be able to lay hold upon us. Ignorance and fear will be banished because the wisdom that comes from above that is in Jesus will lead us into the full dreams ambitions and purposes of our Father. Faith will lead us where reason cannot walk. Reason has never been a mountain climber. Faith, like a mountain sheep, can scale the loftiest mountain peaks without fear. Don't you think it is time that we passed out of the swaddling clothes period? into the stature of the perfect man in Christ Jesus. Let us dare to climb the heights of God. Let us say without fear, I am what he says I am. He is in me what he says he is. I can do with his ability in me what he says I can. This makes life big. This makes life rich. This makes us worthwhile to him. We will be in that prized inner circle with him. One of the trusted ones. 
When he has a difficult mission, he will call on us. You see, he will find it easy to reach us as we constantly visit with him. Take your place and enjoy your rights. It's like we could say, dismissed. <laughs> Go lay hold of that. Right? <laughs> Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to read out the Amplified, so if you have an Amplified translation you can access, you might want to do that. Galatians 5 and verse 16. When Kenyon writes, I'm convinced that the intelligent children of God could walk in the same life and power and divine liberty as Jesus walked if they understood their privileges. One of our privileges is the invitation and the ability to live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5 and verse 16, the Amplified says, But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of human nature without God. I would say this, that when people say, how come if healing belongs to me, I'm not healed? How come if prosperity belongs to me, how come I'm not prosperous or experiencing that? I would have to say, because we're carnal. Body ruled. We're looking to our bodies. We're checking our bodies. We're checking this realm. We're checking the wrong realm. Galatians 5 and verse 25. Galatians 5 and verse 25. If we live by the Holy Spirit, which we do, let us also walk by the Spirit. When you see the word walk referred to in the Bible, it's referring to the manner of living. It's talking about a lifestyle. The manner we conduct life. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line. Our conduct controlled by the Holy Spirit. Well, He can only direct yielded ones. It's not about getting the Holy Ghost to guide us. It's about yielding to the guidance that is always available to us. And the better we are at recognizing and yielding to that guidance, the more he can guide. In Dad Hagen's book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, he made this statement. In the epistles, 
we find out that the New Testament emphasizes being filled with the Spirit. Then Dad Hagen would also refer to on different occasions we're instructed in the word walk in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit. In the Spirit is the earmark of the new creation life is in the Spirit. And when Kenyon was making the statements he made, he was referring to someone who knows that in the spirit life. So when Dad Hagen says we find that the New Testament emphasizes being filled with the spirit, if that's what the New Testament is emphasizing, that's what heaven is emphasizing. And it would benefit us to emphasize what heaven is emphasizing. On one occasion, Jesus said to Dad Hagen, the important thing is to minister in the power of the Spirit. And my thought to that is how do we effectively and skillfully minister in the power of the Spirit unless we live and walk in the power of the Spirit by living full? How do we walk in the spirit only a full man can? Years ago, I was, at one particular season, I was spending hours a day praying in the Holy Spirit, which is good and which is right. But I was doing it especially because I was sensing the dealings of God and I was sensing the importance of occupying more than a space in the earth. (laughs) And so I was spending hours a day praying in the Spirit. And after really about a year and a half of this, God spoke to me and He said, I'm not trying to lead you into just praying in the Spirit. I'm trying to bring you into a life in the Spirit. And I was relegating it to praying in the Spirit. Later he said this, and he said, really in keeping with what Pastor Cody said, is similar when God began dealing with him about times in the morning with him. God said it to me this way. Start every day in the Spirit. Then keep your heart turned toward me all day long. It doesn't matter to start in the spirit if you live in the flesh. That when you walk out of that place of fellowship and time with him and focus and attention on him, then you walk out and your attention goes this way. He's endeavoring to lead us into a life in the spirit by starting this way and staying this direction. In connection with that, he said this to me. When someone sees a minister succumb to sin, others will say, sin caused that person to fall. God said to me, sin did not cause them to fall. The failure was they did not start their day with me. That was what caused them to fall. If they would have started their day with me, they would have been fortified to stand against the temptation to sin. 
Sin cannot take us out. Why? He said, sin shall not lord it over you. Sin has no dominion over you. So we can't say, well, I just didn't get victory over sin. No, it was just that we didn't start with the one who authored our victory. Turn with me to Isaiah 40 and verse 28. I was just going to read one verse but of this passage in Isaiah, but when I looked, I just had to say, we just got to read more verses. Are you going to preach on them all? No, I just like all the verses. <laughs> Isaiah 40, verse 28 again. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Translation. Verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint or grow weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and selected young men shall feebly stumble and fall exhausted. He's talking about those who have escalated in their own skills and their own abilities, and they're selected by others as examples. And he said, those examples will fall. Verse 31, but... Those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. So we see there is a flow of strength. There is a flow of the ability to continue that only comes from one place. Not just confession of the word. Thank God for confession of the word. But from time with him. Fellowship with him. From this place, we live strengthened. From this place... Outside of fellowship is weariness. But in fellowship is only strength. In fellowship is only power. Nothing is as tiring as being out of the plan of God. Nothing will drain you, exhaust you, overwhelm you, fluster you frustrate you like being out of the will of God. No amount of rest can make up for the weariness that comes with disobedience. (laughs) You can't diet enough, exercise enough, and rest enough to strengthen disobedience. And there is a flow that this last day calls for 
a flow of strength, a flow of power that can only be gotten in one place, fellowship. With God. And fellowship with those who are fellowshipping with God. <laughs> because there's nothing more draining than being around people who are fellowshipping with something less than God. Because they will drain because their life is a drain, a vacuum. And they feel that. And you get around it and you get sucked into that vacuum of that. <laughs> And when they show up, they need something other than their flow. Nothing is as tiring as being out of the plan of God. It drains joy. It drains peace. It drains physical strength. It drains mental strength. It drains spiritual hunger. It drains marriages. It drains relationship. It puts a strain on every facet and arena of life. But in his presence is the strengthening and the power. Dad Hagen was talking of a man that was in the ministry and he said he worked long and hard hours and did not stop. And his body finally broke down and he asked Brother Hagen to pray and he said, Brother, it's not prayer for your body that you need. He said, you spending time with God is the only fix for this. A ministry line won't fix it. What only time in his presence can fix, ministry lines won't fix. Fulfilling the plan of God cannot be done apart from the fellowship of God. So when we talk about the plan, we also have to join with that the fellowship of the author of the plan. John 17, out of King James, I'll read John chapter 17, in verse 1, this chapter of course is a record of a prayer that Jesus made as he was closing out his earthly ministry. So if you want to know what Jesus' prayer life is like, Read John 17 and you hear him talking to his father in this entire chapter. John 17 verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee. Now he's getting ready to exit, and he's telling us the secret. This is life eternal, to know him. That they might know thee, the only true God, and know Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. How was Jesus able to do what he did in the earth? Because he knew his Father. When we look to fulfill the plan, it only comes from knowing the Father. 
if we look to see an increase that the nine manifestations operating at full potential power, that comes from knowing the Father. Not just knowing power. That's part of it. We have to be skillful with it. After the healings and miracles that Paul had, that had flowed through his hands, flowed through his ministry, flowed through his life, he'd raised the dead. Revivals had happened where he went. And people said about him, he's turning the world upside down. <laughs> you talk about results. And in the midst of all that, this was his that he said that I might know him. Miracles did not take the place of knowing him. Healings did not take the place of knowing him. Raising the dead, having revivals, did not take the place of Paul knowing him. And he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You don't know power till you know him. The Amplified says, and this is Philippians 3.10, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers. Our fellowship with God and the plan he has for our lives can only reach the highest flow as we conduct living in the spirit with what heaven is emphasizing for the church. Not trying to mentally accomplish all the components that make up the spiritual life. What are components that make up the spiritual life? Well, feeding on the word, meditating on the word, confessing the word, standing on the word, holding fast to the word. Prayer is a component. All that our prayer lives involve, praying for the nation, Praying for the body of Christ. Praying for your church family. Praying for your family. Praying for your business. Praying for the individual visions of your pastors. All these things. All these things that have to be touched. And if we're not careful, we get occupied with the components And we treat them like a checklist. Got to pray today. I need to meditate. I need to confess. I need to feed on healing. I need to, mm, I've got to, I got to pray for my church. I got to pray for the nation. My God, I got to pray for the nation. I got to, you know, because they watch the news that day. I got to, oh my gosh, I got to pray for the nation. I got to pray for my pastor. I got to pray for the pastor's family. And you start getting, when you're occupied with the components, the mind starts kicking in. (laughs) And you get drawn into that mental arena and you start 
evaluating, how can I get it done? I've got a job. I've got to go to work today. And And then throw in that all the other responsibilities. And I could think about, I pray for FOF. I pray for the Bible school. I pray for the television viewing. I pray, and you go, and you go, I got to, I got to get it. I got to get it prayed out. I got to get it. The plan of God's got to get prayed out or it's never going to come to pass. And do not fret or have any anxiety about anything because you are so fretted out. <laughs> if you attack it and approach it that way. <laughs> Jesus, and I'll just read it to you for time's sake. Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30, and this is the Amplified, when he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You can't take his yoke without learning how he operated, how he walked. That's how you take his yoke is you learn how he did it. And you function as he functioned. You operate as he operated. Then he said, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart. Meaning this, he was easy to be led. And you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh. Amen. So good. Not hard. (laughs) Not sharp or pressing. And I was watching one minister, and I was just, I was rolling laughing because he said, When Jesus said, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, he says, that's dealing with 90% of the body of Christ because they've got this, look, I got to obey the plan of God. I got to pray it out. I got to confess. I got to what? And he says, they're all fretted out. (laughs) I can still see him doing that look. And it's, anyway, it was pure enjoyment. He says, but. My yoke is wholesome, it's useful, it's good. I love this, it's not harsh. It's not hard or sharp or pressing. His plan will not weigh you down. But he says, but my yoke is comfortable. It's gracious. I like the next word, it's pleasant. If you're not living a pleasant life, you're invited to something higher. He says, my burden is light and easy to be born. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Now, what's the first thing if we go by the law of firsts? First sets a precedence. And in a court of law, a judge, before they make a ruling, they always go back to the law of firsts. What is the precedence set? Well, and for time's sake, you can note it, but let's not take time to turn there. But in Luke 4, verse 1, Jesus had just been anointed by John the Baptist, the anointing ministry had come on him. Now he's entering what he's born for. 
For 30 years, he did what he was not born for while he was preparing for what he was born for. And after he is anointed with the Holy Spirit, Luke 4 verse 1 says, then Jesus, full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit. And of course he was led into the wilderness where he was tempted. But the, what, what we see is when he entered into that yoke for ministry, he entered it full. He entered it being full and because he was full, he was led. So he lived full and he was led. He was walking in the spirit. And that's the first flow we see of him upon, after the anointing coming upon him. Yeah. This is the law first. He's showing us how to live. In looking at, and I said all the components of our spiritual life. I've got to read my Bible. I've got to meditate. Not just read, meditate. Right. <laughs> that's true. That's this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And then you start talking, continuing prayer, praying always. And all these big inclusive words. And if you're not careful, you'll treat, okay, I got to pray. I got to meditate. I got to confess. I've got to uh, feed my faith every day. I got to pray. Uh, I've got to pray for the nation. I got to pray for my church. I got to pray for the vision. And you just go around like this. <laughs> and if you get one done, you go, okay, I got that one off my list today. And I got this one off my list today. And I got this one off my list today. And my gosh, I'm all beat up because I didn't get to seven of them. And then you start over the next day. I'm going to do better tomorrow. And then you get up and you only get one off. And you want to be pleasing to God and you're, we get so occupied with the components that make up. <laughs> this is the illustration that God gave me. This is not in the spirit. <laughs> All of the varied aspects and spiritual response. This is not in the spirit. <laughs> Cause you can cut, you get out of bed looking like this sometimes. <laughs> okay. And God showed me this is in the spirit. Now, this right here that you see joined representing in the spirit and in the spirit all these things get addressed as they should at the time they should maybe not every day but they're intertwined they're intertwined there's not a separating out of these things and I got to do this one and I got to do this one and I got to do this one and goodness knows you know praise wins battles so I got to make sure I win I got to praise enough. I got to worship enough. And we treat God and our approach to him like this. When 
just look here. When you wake up, it might be you just start meditating. Just a certain verse comes to you when you wake up. That's this one, but it's connected to worship. And you start worshiping God. And then that's connected to a confession. And then it's it's these working together. It's not this with checking them off. It is this. And if all of these don't get done with this, in the spirit gets done. Even if I didn't get to praying for my boss today or confessing about my finances today. In the spirit locks them all together and it's not singling them out. It's about letting them connect and flow from one to the other and not treating worship different than your prayer time. (laughs) Not treating reading the Bible different than worship. Worship him with the word. God said to me one time, he said, talk to me about my word. Well, anytime you're talking to God, you're praying. That's right. And we have to quit treating it like this so that we quit walking around con- condemned. Because I only got to this one today. Kids, quit, get back. I'm praying today. Y'all have robbed prayer from me for three weeks. Get out. Yes, honey, what do you want? Yes, I love you. What do you want? Can I cook you breakfast and rob from my prayer time with God? Uh, right? Why? Because we know components, but we have to know in the spirit, just in the spirit, because it's not hard. It's not harsh. <laughs> so you can be kind now. <laughs> but when we're trying to mentally accomplish all these things, how overwhelming it is because we have gone to this realm up here to evaluate the components. Did I do them good? Did I check them off? And then once we get them checked off, we're proud of ourselves today. Oh, baby. I prayed 45 minutes in spirit. Honey, how long did you pray? And then you start dismissing their voice because you didn't see them pray as long as you or read as many verses as you. Now you're in pride. There you go. How's that going to work out for you? That's why it's this and not this. So you can't get proud of all of this. It's this. This is in the spirit, not this. And if I only get really one one flow fully emphasized, if God is really on one day just fully emphasizing one flow, it's in the spirit because it's all linked. It's all linked. 
It's not this. It is this. In the spirit is this. The devil wants to help make it like this in your understanding and in the accusations he brings to you. You didn't pray enough in the spirit. If I followed what was what the prompting of my heart was, praying in the spirit was linked. No, it might not have been emphasized today, but things were other things are linked to it that the the spirit my heart did emphasize. And if I just spent the whole day just really focusing on one scripture. If it was in the spirit, I'm going to get results that praying in tongues through a checklist will never accomplish. We can't approach our fellowship like a checklist, a to-do list. And people that are very organized and orderly tend to do that. And they'll they're more interested in getting the things checked off than following here. The spirit life is a life of intertwined flow. It's a flow. It's a flow. It's not a stop, start. I'm going to stop doing this one. I'm going to start doing this one. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to It's all, it's just a flow. It's a flow. It's a flow. You think about the responsibilities of Jesus in three years. Three years from the time he came on the scene to the time redemption plan was completed. Three years. And he knows he's only got three years. And he's got 12, 12 children hanging off his leg. And he's walking through life, drag, that, drag them 12, you know. Dealing with them. Dealing with the crowds. Dealing with the, the opposition, the Pharisees, the doctors of the law, the scribes, all the ones that are opposing him, plotting his death. He's got to deal with all of that. How did he do it? In the spirit. God gave me the formula. And he may word it to you differently, but he gave me the formula. Start every day in the spirit and keep your heart turned toward me all day long. That's it. That's it. And whatever my heart says that day, that's the, that's the component I'm staying with. And in staying with what my spirit is emphasizing, I'm in the spirit, whether I addressed every single component or not. Amen? Because the life, the ministry that God is leading us into in this last day era, it's got to be earmarked by in the spirit. That means we've got to let go of all the mental, the mental side of fellowship. Praise the Lord. You would certainly, ladies, hate to be married or date a guy, they date, you know, think back. And they had, okay, tell her she looks nice. They had it on their list. Okay, tell her she looks nice. Open the door for her. Ask her, how was your day? 
All these things that become mechanical and they're not heartfelt because he's just trying to do all the etiquette. All the components of a good, attentive mate. It, it, it dries up everything. The letter of the law, it kills everything. It kills it. And then no wonder people struggle with their prayer life because they're approaching it like this. And there is no connection to the spirit. It's all mental components, but in the spirit is not this, it's this. It's this. It's all linked. It's all linked. And it's so... I love when you read Paul, what he wrote in Ephesians 1, when he said, I make mention of you. He was in the Spirit. It was a mention. Meaning, it could have been said in two or three words. Could have been said in two or three moments, and it's done. But it's in the Spirit. Whatever... Whatever is in your heart, follow that. Turn this off and let the Spirit emphasize which component that day and know that they're all linked. If you're emphasizing what He's emphasizing, nothing else is being neglected. That's right. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because He does not tell you to emphasize something at the cost of something else. But the devil will try to pull you back into your components list because then he wants, to, he wants to draw you out of the spirit, back into that mental arena because he wants you to pray out of your mind. He wants you to attack, attach your faith to mental things and not heart things. Well, praise the Lord. I'm so grateful to know it's light and easy. And if it's not light and easy, we're doing it wrong. We need to stop a moment, say, "Uh uh-uh, nope, nope, nope. If I'm getting frustrated, if I'm feeling the push, stop, just stop. That's not it. (laughs) Because how many times when people are faced with critical physical issues, oh my gosh, I I didn't confess this today, I didn't, listen, just follow what's in your spirit. Now, don't misunderstand me. There are principles to success. We understand that. But still, in the spirit is how they're to be fulfilled. Yes, the only, the wonderful thing about knowing principles is you can initiate something. But if we would learn and listen, like he said, I, I, I loved his wording this morning when God, you know, dealt with him for 10 years. What was it about the... Yes, but it was the the whiny diaper thing. Your toddler temper tantrum with your pastoral diapers on. I didn't say it that way, but I would say this. I have not succeeded as I ought at starting in the spirit and keeping my heart turned toward all day. But he gave me, there is the simplified formula. He didn't say about the Bible. He didn't say about confession. He didn't say about tongues. And he rebuked me over the way I was processing it with hours of day of praying in tongues. He rebuked me, corrected me. He says, I'm not trying to lead you into a life of praying in tongues. I'm trying to lead you into a life of walking in the spirit. 
because you can pray in tongues and still miss the flow of the Spirit. <laughs> Why? Because you're missing what the Spirit's trying to lead you into. Or what he's trying to show you or emphasize with you that day. And sometimes uh, we're putting in our prayer time and missing what the Spirit's wanting to do that day. Not this anymore. I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? This is in the Spirit, not this. This is in the Spirit. Get rid of all struggle. Yeah, Pastor, get rid of all struggle. If it's struggling, the Spirit's not part of that flow. He's not leading you that way. I would say this to you, start out enjoying God. Every day, just start out enjoying Him. Enjoy your salvation. Enjoy your fellowship. Enjoy your presence, His presence in your life. Start out that way, and then go from there. Because the Holy Spirit is so skilled at leading, so skilled at helping. If, you, if we will just follow him, he will keep us in front of everything that is ahead. He'll keep us in front of everything that's going to come. Every circumstance that's going to show up, he will keep us in front of every bit of it if we'll follow him. But we could certainly fall behind trying to do all this. Uh, Brother Tony Jones, if you haven't watched it, he has impartations through conversations. Is that the title of what you post? And he did a, uh, a interview with uh, Sister Patsy Caminetti. Many of you might have seen it, but I want to quote to you some of the things she said in that interview with him that God began dealing with, with her about. God said to, or she God said this to her, if your goal is to be spiritual, because this is our definition of spiritual, right? If your goal is to be spiritual, you may achieve it, but miss me by a mile. You might get all your components done. I got my confessions in. I got my Bible reading in. I did seven verses. Memorize three chapters. <laughs> I'm more spiritual than you are, therefore I don't have to listen to you because I pray. Seriously, it gets into that because you start measuring. To measure yourself successful, you, you're going to end up measuring someone else unsuccessful. And that's pride. If your goal is to be spiritual, you may achieve it, but miss me by a mile. Then she said, God reminded me that there are people in the kingdom of darkness who are quite spiritual. Why? They're sensitive to spirits. They're sensitive to the spirit realm. Being spiritual isn't goal, isn't the goal. Being responsive to God is the goal. Being responsive to God, that's what this is about. Just responding to what seems to fit your heart at that time. And learning that if we'll do this, if we'll do this, we'll quit separating out our, per, our daily life from our fellowship with him. We'll quit. 
treating our job as a separate thing. We can be in the car and worshiping him. We can be doing our duties around the house and confessing the word, meditating on the word because they begin blending into each other. If, if it's like this, we're, we're off. Being spiritual isn't the goal. Being responsive to God is the goal to hear him and obey. What Jesus modeled in his life was total total dependence and responsiveness to God. There you go, in the spirit. Dependent and responsive. Dependent and responsive. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. He didn't have to come up with the doing. He just responded to what he saw the Father doing. He didn't have to come up with the words because he said, I only say what I hear my Father say. How simple he made it. He made miracles simple. He made the spectacular simple. He made healings simple. He just did what he saw and what he heard. That's it. That's it. She went on to say, you can follow someone. She's talking about someone's spiritual example. You can fast like they did. You can get up at a certain time in the morning and only end up exhausting yourself getting more religious. Why? Because you're trying to do, you're trying to fulfill components instead of fulfilling a flow. And then she says, but if you follow the unction of the Holy Spirit, it never gets religious. Never gets religious. Why? He's not leading us into religion. He's not leading us into this. If you follow the unction of the Holy Spirit, it never gets religious. It's always real. It always leads you to Jesus and always leads you away from man-pleasing. It leads you to the worship of God. It leads you to holiness and a God-glorifying way of life. But it's never religious. She quoted, and she was referring to a passage in Psalm. I don't have the reference in front of me. But the wording carries this idea, in your heart is the road to Zion. So she said, so everyone who finds their best places in God and their ever-increasing places in God isn't by following one another but it's by following what's in your heart. This comes from one another. (laughs) Oh, they pray? Okay, I'm going to do this. I love something I heard uh, Brother Joel say. He said something to the effect. He said, if I did everything every day that preachers told me I need to be doing every day, I could not fulfill my call. Something to that effect. I could never get it all done. 
because you, you, yeah. And we, we intend to emphasize things with people to show the importance. This is what you need to be doing every day. But what you need to be doing every day is just him. 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 They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. They'll go higher. They'll go further. They'll go further. So we are dismissed from the legalities of all of our trying. And now we get to just be mindfully enjoying him. Obeying, responding. The Bible school students where Smith Wigglesworth was ministering one time said, how, how did you become so keen in the things of the spirit? He said, I kept yielding and yielding and yielding and yielding. And he didn't say I kept praying and studying and confessing and meditating and quoting. And now don't, don't misunderstand me. Those are components, but they are at the leadings. And they aren't this. We've got to quit treating them separate. This is one hand. It's one hand. Yes. It can do many things, That's but right. it's still one hand. Our walk with God can accomplish many things in our life, but it's still one flow. One flow. Everything linked. Amen. So let's, we get in the mental arena when we treat it like this. But let's get out of that trying mode. Amen become more and more skillful at just, listen it's for the, for the rest of our life growing in skill in our side of the fellowship isn't that what, what happens to the sweetest marriages they're ever mindful to keep growing within their marriage to keep understanding their spouse better to keep uh, cooperating in a better way the worst marriages are people who don't even notice anymore. They're done trying. They're done. They're done trying to bring their best to that to that union. They, I am what I am. Live with it or don't. Take it or not. Well, you can live that way if you want to, but you're going to have to give up sweetness. And you can live this way if you want to, but you're going to have to give up sweetness. Everything will become a law. Amen. And you'll be tired. And you've yelled at everyone who intruded on your prayer time. You kicked the kids out of the house. I'm not saying you don't seek out alone times, but it's not because you're pushed into it. It's because there is a flow for it. Praise the Lord. Are you helped tonight? Just This is part of what God is working in us in this era. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Let's, let's worship the Lord together. 
Father, we thank you. Jesus, what an example. You only did what you saw your father do. You only said what you heard your father say. How simple you kept it. You kept responding. You were so responsive to every directive, every leading. You know, when my husband went home to be with the Lord, one of the things I reminded myself, I do not have to make decisions. I don't have to know what to do with the lawyers, the bankers, the city. I don't have to know all of those scopes of business. I only have to make one decision. Whatever the Spirit tells me to do, I'm doing that. That's it. I had to keep it that simplified so that I didn't become mentally overwhelmed with all the decisions that were connected to following the Holy Spirit. One decision is all I had. What was it? I'll follow what the Spirit tells me to do. That's it. That's my only decision. That's the only decision I have to make, and I make that decision. So all my decisions are already made. It was that simple. And that's how I kept it that way. But that's really the whole of our walk with God. Just respond whatever he says. Whatever he says. Amen. We thank you. Jesus, light and easy. Light and easy. Thank you. That as we learn how you flowed, how you did it, and we move into that flow, we move into the same kind of results you got. We glorify you. We magnify you. We worship you. We worship you. Whatever you have. Lord, we love you. You are good.
reminding us of this, what Dad Hagen used to say, how do you know if you're worrying, if you're thinking about it? So many people are worried about their fellowship, their devotion, how they're carrying out that life of devotion. And then it becomes a weight, a burden. Quit thinking about it. You say, well, I don't know what you mean when you say just follow your spirit. What, what does your insides want to do? Sometimes it's just sitting and singing a verse over and over and over. If that's what inside you want to do, just do that. Amen. Let's do it again. Sing that again. Lord, we love you.
one occasion we were with Dr. Summerall and he said something that he told the Lord. He said, God, you give me 30 minutes a day to shower and to dress. And the 23 and a half hours left are yours. He said, it doesn't matter whether it's daytime. It doesn't matter whether it's nighttime. So when we talk about being responsive to God, it's all the time. If you wake up in the middle of the night, turn toward him. I remember several years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm not fresh as a daisy at certain hours. I'm not a morning person. I'm a night person. And uh, I grew up mad because I wasn't falling asleep till two and three o'clock every morning as a child. So I'd, mother would have to wake us up for school at seven. So I woke up mad every morning because I was tired. I was tired all the time. And I remember several years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I just started thinking about something I had to do, you know, later in the day. And the word of the Lord came to me and said, when are you gonna stop turning toward your mind? And he wasn't pleased. In other words, he woke me up for his purpose and I used it for mine to plan my day. Being responsive to him is not just in the daytime. Turn, we have to practice turning here. Instead of turning here, turn here. Because responsiveness is not a daylight approach. It's a lifetime approach. Amen? So I remind us of that. That in this life of responsiveness, sometimes it just takes the spirit to come on you for a moment, stir within you for a moment in something that was really huge. You, he may lead you to pray about that, maybe 30 seconds and the whole thing is turned and you go, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to have to pray for hours, for several weeks about that thing. But just responding to him, he puts it in the abbreviated accelerated flow. Not everything can be accelerated like that, but much of what we think is going to be hard and laborious can be accelerated and made easy just responding. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for showing us the easy flow. We learn of you. We learn how you did it. We watch how you did it. We study how you did it, how simply you would just walk up to someone and speak a simple word, how simply you would just walk up and just approach them in a certain manner and things would turn. Thank you so much for being that example. And we will not set aside your example to follow our minds. We thank you but we'll be good students. We thank you. We emphasize what heaven emphasizes for us. Life in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Now, as Morgan was talking about the books tonight, she was talking about a sound, disciplined mind. That's part of being able to be responsive.
to your spirit. An undisciplined mind will never cooperate with responsiveness in your spirit. Amen. Amen. If we'll respond to our spirits, he'll always lead us away from the mental arena. Amen. He'll always, we'll get further and further out of checking here. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We just keep practicing. We just keep practicing. We just keep practicing. Amen. The best way to practice is start by enjoying him. Enjoying him. Just enjoy him. When you wake up in the morning, just enjoy him. I remember in the midst of some of the things I was having to handle after Ed's home going and there was another unnecessary, really big problem that was added to the list. And I was thinking about it. And my main thing I was thinking about it was I was disappointed that somebody else added something else that was unnecessary to all that I already had to do. And I was thinking of my disappointment in that. And after the whole time, probably at least 30 to 45 minutes of thinking about it, God spoke to me and he said, you can think about that if you want. But if you're going to give your time to thinking of that, you have to give up fellowship with me to do it. So what are we trading our fellowship with him for? Let's quit responding to the trade-off. Amen. Just wake up enjoying him and just be mindful. Stay there. Set your mind on things above. To be carnally minded is death. So does it matter what we put our minds on? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We're going to get in the flow of the life of God. The flow of that divine life that's on the inside of us. To be spiritually minded is how we step in. That that means we're disciplining our thought life to turn it toward the word. Turn it towards the worship of him. Turn it towards the meditations of the word. Amen. It's a discipline. A discipline. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're learning. I said we're learning. But let's not just be okay with our life, our, our, our devotional life looking like last year. There's always increase and advancement that we should be making. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We're so grateful that you're in us to ensure our success as we pay attention to you. Forgive us for living carnal, body ruled, ruled by circumstances, ruled by what we see and feel and our emotions, how they will cheat us from the highest flow. So we thank you for bringing us into the highest flow. We respond to the highest flow. We quit responding to the carnal flow, the fear flow, the worry flow, the doubt flow. But we respond to the highest flow. Holy Spirit, thank you for being patient with us. Thank you so much. We honor you. Hallelujah. Well, you don't want to miss in the morning. It was so good this morning, Pastor Cody. So, so good. So good. If you are not here, make sure you watch it online. And if you were here, make sure you watch it online. It was so, so good. In every service, God's going to offer us the opportunity to come up higher. Let's take it.
Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody got anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got something? Microphone. Uh, a few years ago, I was listening to Dr. Sumrall in my vehicle, and I made mention about going to the Philippines, and that was so dear to, to me and to my family because we got born again, and uh, our life was changed because of what he did. And I asked him, Lord, why did you put so much greatness? I'm talking about anointing, but talking about, you know, uh-huh. uh, why did you put so much greatness on Dr. Sumrall? Dad Sumrall. And he said to me, because, because he, wanted, he wanted me more than what I can give him. And he said to me, son, most of my children wanted what I have. And that's, tonight I have the understanding when pastor ministering about so many things. He said to me, most of my children wanted what I have because they don't, but they don't want me. And he asked me back, how about you, son? So I endeavored to learn how to, I'll be honest with you. I never asked for ministry. I'm about to, my life is going in a different direction. All I want is father. And uh, I always just want to fellowship with my father. I never asked for, thank God for a nice home. I never asked him for that. Never. He would just tell me and just talking to him and fellowshipping with him. I'm giving you a help. I'm just so thankful. Because what, what he, I was, a, I cannot explain to you, but that's, exactly what pastor was saying tonight and he was talking to me here while pastor was saying see son that's what I told you before the glory the anointing will come on my children the same way I told you if they only spend time in fellowship with me I will give them words in their heart all they have to do is speak it they will able to do what I will call them to do because I will grace them. I will, and he said, all the things that they're gonna need, I will give it to them. Only they want me. If they want me, Amen. Everything for them will be possible. And that's exactly what Pastor was was saying to us tonight. Yeah, we have a word and spirit, but the spirit of God will speak to our spirit. While we are praying, Amen. I never ask. I be honest with you. I never ask him for money. I never ask him for anything. Yet, money is flowing now. For years it was not there. But I said, Lord, I don't care. As long as I don't lose you. But you know what? That's we stay. You just don't know how. But I was struggling with that. My wife has to call the electric company. Can we pay half of this? He told me not to call anyone. Not to call anyone to have a meeting. You just trust me. Learn 
you learn for me to be your father. He said, you are not the father of your family. I am. If you learn that, son, everything, everything in life, there will be an outpouring of things. But there will, we are drawing closer to God as Jesus is coming back. He's drawing us closer. That's the reason. You know, I think I'll show you that they took out in the gate of Kushi. And the glory shall be kinda otoko city pokotoya. The glory will be taken Yutoko Shada. The greatness, the greatness, the greatness of his glory, the greatness of his power, as we fellowship with him in the spirit, as we love him, as we love him more than what he can give to us, the glory that supplies all the needs will overflow our life. We're over for our life day in and day out. Uh, as you wake up, as you sleep at night, the glory. The, my Lord, hallelujah, the glory. And as the glory, as well, that's the glory. The angels, the angels, the ministering spirit. Oh, the ministering spirit. Oh, they come and minister. They'll come and meetings, our meetings, our good Heshika will be filled. We'll be filled with miracles, signs and wonders because our focus is Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You remember the story of Smith Wigglesworth when he was called to pray for the dying woman and there were five or six other Christians in the room and they were each taking their turn to pray and they prayed God would comfort the husband and comfort the children and Smith Wigglesworth, uh, when he ministered to her, she was raised up and they asked, how come... The result came when you prayed and not when we prayed. He said, because you prayed looking at the dying woman, I prayed looking at Jesus. You can live your life looking at your circumstances or you can live with him in focus and that's really yoking up with the right, the right thing. Amen. You have, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you have two oxen yoked together, you're not under this yoke alone. He's under it. And then you just join yourself and you just go where that yoke, it's, it's not prescribed by you, it's prescribed by the one you're yoked with. Amen. The easy life, the sweet life. And when I got born again, I never got born again with my ministry in mind. I never got born again with the anointing in mind. I never got born again with having uh, any kind of influence in mind. I only got born again because I wanted him. And in Revelations, Jesus warned the church, you've left your first love. And our walk in the Spirit comes out of keeping our first love in place. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you don't want to miss in the morning. You don't want to miss the other services. 10 o'clock in the morning. Hallelujah. Jesus, we glorify you. We worship you. We worship you. Manjaka, somebody's neck is being healed. Move it around. You could not move it around freely. And even if you're watching by live stream, release your faith. If what we call out applies to you. 
you can receive healing right there where you're at. Someone, there's a skin condition, there's a scalp condition being healed. Just receive that. Just receive it. Someone, there's been a growth in the back of your throat that's being healed. Receive that. Say, I, I take that. I receive that healing power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody's spine is being straightened out. And as I said, this could be with live stream as well, not just in the room, but live stream as well. Move around, do something you couldn't do. We're not checking it. We're giving action to that anointing. We're giving action. Do, bend over. Go side to side. Do something that was a difficulty before. Give action. Act on that word. Act on it. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Someone's hips are being realigned because your, your hips have not been uh, lined up properly. One was lower than the other. That's being adjusted right now. Hallelujah. There's a lot of heat right now. That's the anointing of God. That's the power of God working. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 There's internal organs right now being healed. You say, which ones? I don't know. He just said internal organs. That means anybody with an internal organ needing it, release your faith. That's why he kept it more general. He lets you specify. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There are some internal organs that they have been really out of place and they're being put back into their proper positioning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Somebody's bladder that had really gotten out of place, that's being readjusted right now, put back into place. It's been a lingering condition for you, caused you a lot of difficulties, a lot of inconvenience, and you were considering having some kind of a medical surgery to help adjust that. Well, you got your surgery. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Father. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Brother Joel, you have any any words of knowledge regarding healing for people? You got something? Somebody's got a blood disorder, some kind of blood disorder. Glory to God. I don't know if it's a blood disease or, or the, the, the white and red aren't right, but that blood disorder is yeah. being dealt with right now. Yeah. Glory Praise to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. That's Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whoever that is, receive it. Whether you're in the room or watching by live stream, and you can be watching this later next week next month the power of God responds to faith not to the clock or the calendar release your faith and that power will meet you God knows God knows who's watching and when they're watching and he makes himself available to you no matter the time hallelujah 
people say, well, how can people be healed when this, they're watching at a time the service wasn't going on because you're thinking about your abilities. God's unlimited. He's not limited to that. Don't dismiss yourself and don't let the devil dismiss you from your miracle by giving you thoughts that will cause you to eliminate yourself from the flow because of what day you're watching this. God responds to faith any day. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus, you're such a wonderful healer. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Somebody asked George Mueller, of course, who was an English preacher, had orphanages in Bristol, England in the 1800s, and they said, how can we ever have great faith like you have? And he says, don't be deceived. He said, you too can have great faith And he said this. He said, everywhere I go, I talk to my father. He said, if I'm missing a key, I ask the Holy Ghost to show me where it is, and I expect him to answer. He says, as I'm walking down the road, I'm talking to him. Basically what he's saying, he's walking in the Spirit. And because of that flow, it's easy for faith to flow in that setting. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not hard. We're trying to trying to get trying trying to get when it's just responding to the greater one who will lead us into everything we need. At the time we need it, at the place we need it. Hallelujah. Jesus, a wonderful healer. Thank you so much. But more than that, You're a wonderful Savior. We're so grateful for the privilege, for the privilege of housing the greater one. We're so, so grateful. We choose to walk in the Spirit. We choose to be led by our hearts Respond to our hearts. We put our minds in neutral. And we turn toward our spirit. Every day, throughout the day, we turn toward our spirits. We thank you. We worship you. We worship you. You're the greatest joy of our life. You're the greatest desire our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord.
this statement. Practice walking in the Spirit privately in daily life so that you don't have to just rely on the corporate anointing to help move you into places and fellowship with God. Amen? Because sometimes that's the only time some people enter into a place of fellowship. Thank God for that corporate setting. <laughs> but in private fellowship, we bring something to the corporate setting when we become skillful ourselves. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say, his fellowship is my greatest joy. And you can be dismissed. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.